The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I am Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We're on voiceamerica.com, and we're on the Variety Channel. So thanks. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for coming back week after week. And if you're brand new, welcome. It's great to have you. We are watching a tremendous amount of growth happening on this show in a very short time, so it's really exciting to be building this community. I will ask you to continue help building the community. Can you check us out on Illuminating Now? That's our Facebook address. It's all one word, Illuminating Now. And if you go there, how about you like the page? That would be good. Then we also have Twitter. That's at sign, Illuminating Now. And while I have not introduced our guest yet, and I will in a bit, I want you to take down LagrassoMD.com. That's L A G R A S S. MD. That's the last name of the doctor we have on the show today, Dr. Jeffrey Lagrasso, which I will introduce in a minute. But while you are noting things, I have a little ritual that I like you to note everything that's kind of important and then just relax and listen. So there's the address you want to do. And you may want to hit up the website and, and take a look even during the show. So I also want to tell you about my website, which I tell you every week, qualityforlifecoaching.com. That's four words, no spaces. Please visit it. It has a wonderful new redesign and a lot of new stuff going on there. And I am glad to do a complimentary session with you on the phone. We can talk about anything that you might want to work on or just have a complimentary session just because you can. So feel free to give me a call. I'm interested. I'm interested in what ideas you'd like to hear on this show. Of course, I've planned curriculum. Of course, I've planned an agenda. But I can change anything, and I'm more interested in what you, the listeners, would like to hear. So please get in touch with me for that reason as well. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and you bring passion and expertise, it doesn't mean you need credentials or certain education. You know, just if you feel very passionate and like you know something you would like to evangelize, by all means, get in touch with me. Again, I just thank you for the community that we are building. I'm watching it with my own two eyes, sort of surprised and very excited about it. Today, I will, in another minute here, introduce Dr. Jeffrey Lagrasso. This is a doctor. He's a world-renowned plastic surgeon. He's changing the lives of children and adults, all of them alike, to make them have a better life in a way that their perspective sees possible. He has multiple offices on both coasts, and he'll speak more about that and how to make your needs or dreams a reality. His background is he's a plastic surgeon in the complete sense. 
he, his desire to make things more beautiful, his ability to listen, his artistic sense, and honestly, his superior technical skills set him above the rest. Dr. Jeffrey Lagrasso is a world-renowned surgeon, as I mentioned, who's board certified, of course, by the plastic, uh, by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Get that right. His surgical skills were perfected through his extensive training and experience, and he completed his general surgical training at the New York Hospital of Queens. And then he continued on. His plastic surgical training at Albany Medical Center was the next thing he did. But then what was really cool was he was selected to complete a prestigious craniofacial and pediatric plastic surgery fellowship at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Now, that's an honor only a select few plastic surgeons will receive. So that's pretty important and pretty impressive and really very cool to hear more about, and I'm glad we get to ask him more about it. His Twitter account is LaGrassoMD, and he can tell you more. I'm not sure if um, L is capitalized, G is capitalized, and MD is capitalized, as I see it here. We can talk about it if, uh, if that is needed, and the website is just, as I said, LaGrassoMD.com. I will just also say that his training and practice, he, he has done that with some of the most respected plastic surgeons in New York, in California, and Florida. And that's part of the contribution to his superior surgical skills. Of course, his education and experience is why he's considered one of the most foremost plastic surgeons today. He's never really satisfied. He wants the newest and most advanced technologies to improve surgeries and patient results. And he sees every single person individual. There's nothing he does twice. Everyone is a new masterpiece that he can make them the best they want to be. And he can contribute what he sees and give them his expertise on that. So I am really excited and would like to introduce you and welcome Jeffrey LaGrasse. Jeffrey, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lindy. It's a pleasure. And I know that you are working on a book called The Plastic Surgery Diet. It's called The Plastic Surgery Diet? That's our initial going around, I think. Okay. Well, we can talk more about that. Um, I, I know there's a lot of things that makes Dr. LaGrasso here very unique, and I had my chance to chat with him, and I was sort of blown away at all these areas um, that are beyond plastic surgery, nutrition, and just views in the world to make, make things better and make the world a better place and make people healthy on the inside and the out. Um, let's start, though, with, I mean, Dr. LaGrasse has been on many shows, so, you know, Daytime and CBS and NBC and the Nancy Ferrari Show, Kathy Parker, Money Matters, many more. So, you know, he's got a reputation for doing some great stuff here. So let's talk about some of the stuff that got a lot of attention because it is unique. Um, you, you worked on cleft lip palate surgery. Talk to us a little bit about that, would you? You know, cleft lip, cleft palate surgery is... Um you know, surgery to fix a deformity on, on children who are born with, I mean, it's, it, it's a cleft. Instead of having a complete lip, there's some sort of a defect in there. It could be one side, it could be both sides, always on the upper lip, and it could affect, you know, go all the way into the mouth and include the palate also. So, you know, it's a specialized field in plastic surgery. 
Um, not a lot of people go into it. Uh, typically, there's about 250 plastic surgeons who graduate their residency every year, and there's between 15 and 20 people who do additional training in, in pediatric plastic surgery and craniofacial fellowship. Wow. The thing that, you know, that, that people don't realize is that this is not an uncommon disorder. I mean, you know, depending on the, the ethnicity of the child, you know, if you average everyone between Hispanic, Caucasian, African-American, and Asian, you're talking it's, it's between, you know, one in 750 and one in every 800 births. So it, it's not something that's, that's never seen or, or never heard about or talked about. It's not one of these rare things or rare conditions. You know, this is a fairly common thing, um, you know, typically... Uh, you know, it addresses people in more impoverished areas of the world. You know, there's some thoughts of, of it being, you know, related to nutrition. Um, you know, there's a genetic disposition to it. So there, there's a whole different component of it. But, you know, one in, in 700, that's a lot of surgeries that need to be performed to, you know, allow these children to live a, f- a functional and aesthetic life. And, and that's what, you know, people don't realize, um, you know, Dealing with pediatric plastic surgery, one, most people think plastic surgery is just, you know, cosmetic surgery. That's what the media portrays. That's what you, you see on TV, every reality show. That's, that's, right. the glamorous, that's the glamorous side of plastic surgery. But, you know, the, the real side of plastic surgeons, and, you know, theoretically we are called plastic and reconstructive surgeons, it is the reconstructive side. You know, that's dealing with, you know, uh, children born with disorders, children born without an ear, um, you know, kids who have an abnormal uh, a skull shape with, with fusion of the sutures that need to be released when they're young to allow their, their brain to grow and their, and their skull to be normal. You know, women with breast cancer, um, you know, people who are involved in, in traumas, who have broken jaws, broken faces from car accidents, um, you know, replanting an, an amputated finger from a person, you know, working, um, hand surgery. These are all the things that fall under the, the realm of plastic surgery. It, it's a pretty vast surgical array of stuff that we are allowed to do. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing that you're allowed to do it, but it's amazing that, you know, how you train to understand this and how everyone is so individual. And, you know, when I was reading about you, I I was seeing that you work with certainly international clientele and celebrities and socialites and jet setters and business executives, athletes, physicians, you know. And like you said, some of that might be hyped up in the media, but there's a lot to what could be reconstructive there or what could be, quote, you know, air quotes, just plastic surgery. But how do you as a doctor know when you see a case come in and someone, it is a reconstructive situation, it is a trauma, it is a problem, and they aren't even able to, be, I mean, they may be able to speak, but they can't necessarily, you know, they're not coming in on their best day just saying this is the improvement I would love to see. They're actually in a crisis or a trauma or breast cancer. They've lost both their breasts. You know, they're not sure what anything should look like anymore. Is that where the artistry comes in on your side and you, and you can sort of visualize different variations that you can explain to them? Yeah, I mean... It- the first thing that you have to, to realize is that there's a lot of communication that goes on with, the, with the, the doctor and the patient. And a lot of times it involves teams of people. You know, when we're dealing with, with children, I mean, we have these cleft lip, cleft palate teams which, which meet on a regular basis, which will go over the whole plan of action for these children for the entire year. It involves the plastic surgeon. It involves an ear, nose, and throat doctor because these children have, you know, a significant amount of, of 
ear issues and ear infections. It involves a dentist. It involves an orthodontist because there's lots of issues with the dentition. You know, the, the pediatrician is there. The social worker is there. You know, people have to deal with, with the parents. You know, it's not just the ability of, of what we have to deal with to the child, but it's also the parents because, you know, these parents are, are a lot of them are, are just being, you know, snuck up upon a, a child that has some sort of a, a disease, and it's a whole lifestyle change for them. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's the first thing, the communication and the coordination amongst all the other specialties. And that's, you know, where you see the beauty of real medicine at work. But, um, you know, there's always several options in, in doing something. And, you know, you need to present all of the options. And certain people may not want to go through option A, they may want to go through option B. Take example, you know, for breast reconstruction. You know, there's two different paradigms that you can deal with. One is using your own tissue to, to reconstruct the breast, taking, you know, part of the, the stomach muscle with the overlying fat and skin and, and moving it, you know, into the breast. And there's several different ways of moving it into the breast. You can move it as a, a pedicle flap. You can do a free flap. Um, or you can do an, another type of operation where, you know, you put in an expander, which is pretty much a balloon underneath the skin that we fill up, which stretches the overlying skin, which has been, um, you know, shrunken down after removing the entire breast from a cancer, and then afterwards you put an implant underneath there. You know, it, it all depends on, on what the patient wants. It depends on whether the patient has had extensive radiation. So, you know, that's where the coordination comes in, um, and that's where the communication comes in because, you know, certain op- operations have more complications, certain operations take more time, certain operations, you know, may go through a sequence to get to the end result. So, you know, the communication is probably one of the most important keys and, you know, what fits the patient's lifestyle. Right, right. And so on the on the cleft palate surgery, have you done that at no charge? Is that what you and the team do? Is that sometimes? Is that always? Because that, I read something about that, that you did that, you know, at no expense for certain children. Yeah, a lot of things are done um, um, pro bono. But um, typically the children that are coming through these, these cleft uh, palate and these children's hospitals, you know, most of it is done through insurance. The majority of, of these children, probably, you know, 85% of them are, are Medicaid-type patients, so it's financed through um, some sort of state or, or government agency. Like I said, you know, a lot of these, these children are, are coming from homes that aren't, aren't the most, you know, financially stable or from low-income homes, and they have to be, you know, they have to be addressed, and these are expensive operations. Like I said, a lot of these cleft lip and palate, it's not just like you just fix it once. You know, as the child grows, things change. Um, the dentition is very important. You have to address the gum line because a lot of times the, the cleft extends into, into the gum line, you know, into the palate. So, you know, multiple surgeries, you have to build up the bone underneath so that, you know, the teeth can come through. So it requires multiple operations. You know, the nose is affected. Through, through adulthood, um, you know, and it's a very expensive proposition from, you know, a hospital and a, uh, you know, physician standpoint. It's, it's not just a simple, you know, one-hour operation and that's the end of it. Right. It's a much longer spectrum of disease. What made you want to be one of those few that is doing this kind of work? You know, it's just rewarding. Um, myself, I've, I have three children and, you know, to see a child that, that is born, you know, unlike everybody else is, is just upsetting. And the ability to help them um, get to where they need to be, 
to you know change them functionally, but also change them aesthetically, so that they can just live a normal life. Right, right. Which is a really big deal. Saying live a normal life, like what that really does mean to a human that starts out one way and has a chance at something that is is so much better in the quality of life that they end up experiencing based on the work you do. So that's that's fantastic. Talk to us, if you would. I would love you to share uh, the work that you did, Separation of Conjoined Twins, 2006, at CH- CHLA. That was a once-in-a-lifetime operation. Um, That's know, what I want you to talk about it, I know. <laughs> these are, it, w- it was one of the operations that I did during my fellowship at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Um, I actually almost had the opportunity to do a, a second separation, but unfortunately the children weren't able to be separated because they only had one heart and it wasn't able to be split into two. Um, but it's, it's just one of those operations that, you know, it really took a whole year of planning. Um, and from a, a plastic surgery standpoint, you know, these children were stuck at the hip. They were, that's where they were joined. And, you know, they had some internal organs such as the bladder and the intestines and, and the colon, which had to be separated. But as, as plastic surgeons, we're usually involved in the beginning of the operation, making the incisions. Um, we're involved in, in all the planning beforehand. Like I said, once again, this is, you know, there were multiple meetings, you know, CAT scans made, models made of the children's hips and the internal organs. So there's a lot of planning between the entire team and in, in how things are going to be, to be done, make sure that, you know, one child is one child, the other child is the other child, the things don't get mixed in between, the names don't get mixed. So there's, there's right. lots of um, a planning that goes into this to make sure that everything goes according, you know, to that plan. Um, but, you know, plastic surgeons were there in the beginning and were there at the end. So we kind of started off and then, you know, 24 hours later, um, which, which the separation took, we, we kind of closed things up. Um, you know, we were the first hopper on the child because what we did, we put these tissue expanders in there again because the issue is once you separate the children, obviously where they were conjoined, there is less skin to, to cover those areas. Right. So we, put, we put about 12 tissue expanders in, in multiple areas around where they were conjoined and we stretched that skin out over, you know, several months to, to get as much extra tissue as we can, so when the children were about a year old, when the separation was performed, we had, not, we had enough skin to kind of close over everything and, and get a closed wound because, you know, to have to, to go through all this reconstruction of the internal organs, um, you know, the bladder and the colons, and not be able to have, you know, skin covering the area where they were conjoined would just be, you know, a total detriment and risk for infection and, um, you know, all of that, so... It was just a, it was just an incredible feeling, you know. There was lots of media there and, and news people, you know, the doctors that were involved, you know, head by Dr. Mark Urata and Dr. John Gross, you know, there were the, the head plastic surgeons, and you know, there was me as the fellow. There were residents. There was just a whole team of people. It was just a fantastic operation. Like I said, these aren't operations that come around. You know, these are once in a lifetime operations. Most plastic surgeons, even in, in you know, pediatric plastic surgery specialists are not going to perform this operation ever in their lifetime. Wow. Wow. So there's another surgery. You were um, trained with John Reinish, who's considered one of the world's best at microtia. Is that what yeah. it's called? Microtia surgery with Medport implant? Can you talk about yeah. that? Because that was something that had some notoriety around it and is interesting. Yeah, 
Microtia is uh, children who are born without an external ear. Um, you know, it could be plus or minus some of the internal components of the ear. Um, sometimes the children are born without the ossicles. They have issues with the ear canal. They have issues with hearing. Um, you know, Dr. Rhinus was one of the big um, proponents of reconstructing the children using this, for lack of a better word, it's called a MedPort implant, but it's, it's kind of like a textured plastic. And what we did is that, you know, we were able to make this ear at a younger age for the children, typically three years of age, as opposed to the other ways of doing the reconstruction, which, were, which would be involved using the child's rib cartilage, which would take longer because the child would have to be bigger to have sufficient cartilage to do the operation, typically around eight years of age. So using this, this plastic framework, we would cover it with the child's normal tissue, and you would have this ear that looks, you know, strikingly resembling a normal ear. And it was shown to be, you know, effective. It could take a beating. Children could do um, sports with it. And, you know, it was just a fantastic operation. You know, the results were amazing. And the beauty of it is that you can do it in less operations and you can do it earlier in the child's life. Because, I mean, like I said, it, it, just imagine how, you know, children are nowadays. You know, they're, they're not one to, to not say how they feel. And, you know, children get pretty nasty. Um, <laughs> no, it might be children. <laughs> They kind of just say it as they see it, and, you know, the ability to, to get these child looking like everybody else as early as possible is just a huge motivational boost, um, you know, to these children and to the families. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there is a window of time. I mean, it isn't, doesn't mean it can never happen, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, that, that early on, how someone looks at themselves and some of the first impressions they put in their own head become who they are and what they see. And so for you to be able to be involved at these stages that can really, as I said, change the quality of their whole entire life, um, pretty big stuff. Yeah, now, ideally we like to, you know, have these children reconstructed and looking normal as, as close to when they start school because, like I said, as soon as they get into school, I mean, children just don't, they don't have the, the knowledge or know-how at five, six, seven years of age to, you know, to know that they're hurting someone else's feelings. So... And, you know, someone's just going to say something in the playground or this and that, and, you know, the child's going to get upset. So if we can have them, you know, looking normal before that, that's just a, a huge boost to their self-confidence. Right. Makes absolute sense. Absolute sense. And, you know, I look at our society, and you and I chatted a bit about this, just um, because I want to talk a little bit about the cosmetic piece. Um, I know you do vaser liposuction and vaser smooth cellulite and vaser high-definition body sculpting. And, I mean, I, I looked at your website and read about you, and I'm not sure there's anything you don't do that's possible to do in this world of, uh, you know, plastic surgery. But, but a lot of facial rejuvenation with lots of special specialties around that as well. And so, you know, we were talking about, I guess your view on self-esteem, that there's a stigma in our society and some people really dig, dig it. So there is no stigma. And then there's this whole set of folks who have a stigma around plastic surgery. Really? Are you getting another one? Really? And, and, you know, is it each person's choice? What's your view? Do you feel like you get people who come and get so much, you have to actually tell them that's enough? Or do you feel like everyone really sort of that comes to you, you know, they know if they would like an improvement and they have the right to feel their best and you really support that. What do you, what's your experience with that? Yeah, I mean, there are several people every month that I tell them that I won't operate on them, whether due to the fact that, you know, I don't think they're good candidates or 
been doing the operation for the wrong reason or they had, you know, not manageable expectations. Um, you know, there are people that have too many surgeries. I'll, I'll see people come in and they've had like six or seven breast surgeries, you know, every other year going to different plastic surgeons because um, they weren't happy with the one before then. And, you know, these are, are patients that I think that, you know, have, have unrealistic expectations. And that's kind of one of the things that we have to manage. You know, I, I spend a lot of time talking to my patients, you know, going over them, you know, what we can and what we can't accomplish, reviewing photographs of what they want to look like, um, you know, showing them photographs of people that I've already performed operations on so that we're all on the same page. If you're not on the same page going into an operation, you're definitely not going to be on the same page after the operation. <laughs> and, yeah, um, concerning. You, know, you, have, you have to take a lot of time and, and effort into that because, you know, in the end, you know, it's surgery. Um, there are risks and there are complications to the surgery, and unfortunately, you know, we do our best, but not every surgery comes out 100%. Um, you know, I can't tell, you know, how a person's going to heal, how their scars are going to heal, um, you know, we're as meticulous as possible in the operating room, but, you know, there's a fair amount of, of provisions that need to be, to be done. And, you know, a lot of times you don't see that on TV. TV is just, you know, you see the before, you kind of see a little bit of the during, and you see the after. You don't see the extended time frame that it takes to get from, you know, one stage to the other. You know, people want to be in operation. You know, people want to have an operation, and they want to be, be completely healed the next day. That's just not possible. There is a process of healing that, that goes on after an operation that, you know, you need to follow an appropriate protocol. You know, you need to, to follow the post-operative instructions and, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. They just think that, okay, I'm going to have an operation, I'll be better the next day, back to work in two days, and all is good and fine, where, you know, in essence, you know, it, it's a several-month process to, to really get back to normal to where you're, you know, feeling well about yourself and all that. Yeah, and are you involved? I mean, that's part of what you're saying is that you are scheduling the follow-ups and the checkups and the, you know, or is it up to them that they just need to follow the aftercare protocol in which some do and some don't, and that's where yeah, problems Yeah, I come always up. provide my, my patients with my particular um, protocol. Every surgeon has their own protocol after an operation. And, you know, you, you see the patients fairly regularly the first month after surgery, and then, you know, after that it kind of gets spaced out because you're just kind of allowing the healing process to, to take effect. But, um, you know, if you look at something simple just as a, a, a regular breast augmentation, you know, putting in a breast implant, you know, one of the most common operations that plastic surgeons do, you know, the revision rate of having to go back in there and, and fix something at some point in time is 15%. So 15 out of 100 people wow. are going to require a second operation, and this is one of the simplest operations that, that there is. If you look at an operation like um, a breast lift using an implant at the same time, you know, the reoperation rate's about 25%, so that's one in four. You know, wow, it's yeah. Not yeah. Wee, it's, it, it's not a wee major things, but it's, Minor things that need to be, you know, fixing things a little bit here and there. You know, at the time of an operation, things get swollen. I mean, like I said, you know, we're human as surgeons, you know, and and not everything heals the way that we want them to be. Um, sometimes we just need to fix things. So a lot of that you don't see on TV and it's not portrayed in the media. Like I said, you're just seeing about before and after, but you don't know the time frame and, and how it went from A to B. Right, right. It looks a lot. It looks a lot more simple on TV, and you and you are very right about. I mean, I'm not telling you something you don't know, but I'm just really echoing that the complexity of every individual and what they bring you, and what their skin is like, and what their veins are like, and what their nerves are like, and what their parts are like. I mean, that that is an art project. I mean, that is to really understand it and 
figure it out, to get it at its best and still... You know, you still can't guarantee things like that. You just can't guarantee. No one can guarantee their own healing even, so you certainly can't guarantee it for them. Um, We're about to take a break. We have just a little bit here. There are so many things I want to ask you, so I'm still excited to, to talk about some different things. I will just use this moment to say, please take a look, lagrassomd.com. That's the site of Dr. Jeffrey Lagrasso. I'm telling you that you will love looking at that site. We're going to talk more about some of the things that he works with, but um, it's worth going to that site. You'll, you'll want to check it out. And, um, of course, if you've got an extra free minute, pop over to uh, you know, Illuminating Now and like our face page or add some content. We did have something running that was a question about Dr. Lagrasso and the show today and what is beauty and what does it really mean. And a lot of you participated. And I thank you for that. We've gotten a lot of participation on these questions, and they've been fabulous. So, illuminating now, Dr. Lagrasso, you may want to check that out. A lot of people uh, had some, some things to say. But in the meantime, I will say we are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson, and we're on with Dr. Jeffrey Lagrasso. And when we come back, I'm going to have him talk about the different locations that he has, some of the caretaking that he does with his patients um, in the way of travel and how he works that out and of course some of the procedures and more of his attitudes because they're really interesting. All right, we will be right back. Please don't turn the channel off. Stay tuned and we'll be back in just a moment. Thanks. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com There is a species that remains undiscovered by modern science. This species is known by many names, but most commonly known as Bigfoot. Join Todd Standing and Dr. Jeff Meldrum for Bigfoot North, a program that sets out to uncover the species that has eluded modern science, but that does truly exist. Expert and celebrity guests will be on hand to discuss both the scientific evidence and conclusive fact of the species on this planet. Bigfoot North airs live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. 
To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, welcome back. We are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And there will be a Lindsay Life Secret at the end of the show. Surprise, there always is, but I need to tell you that so you will stay tuned and wait for it. Welcome back. Our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Lagrasso, and there's more questions that I want to tell you, but I'm always very big on repeating over and over, so it's in your brain, it's in your pen, it's on your tablet somewhere that you put down addresses. So, lagrassomd.com is the website, and his Twitter account is lagrassomd. So, take a look, become a follower of his, and, um, you know, if you have questions or anything, you certainly can look at his website to see how to go forward from there. We were talking about certainly children and deformities and issues that can impact the rest of their life. And Dr. Lagrasso has been not just lucky enough, but talented enough to be selected and be a part of some of these um, just exquisite teams that really work on the intricacies and complexities of these kinds of cases and how he can change lives forever. So that's just amazing. I'm thrilled about it, um, to hear about it, to hear him talk about it. You can hear it through a TV show, but... He's on with us, so how lucky are we? We're going to move into talking a little bit about some cosmetics. He's been talking about reconstructive surgery and certainly the value there as well. And a lot of people don't understand that that's not just, you know, elective. I mean, we really have to put ourselves back together based on a circumstance that might have created something like that. I want to start by talking about where you're located, Dr. Lagrasso, just so that um, people can get a feel if they're listening and thinking, well, does this even apply to me? If that guy's in that town, I can't even go to him, you know. So where are you located? Where are your three offices? My main office is in Miami. I I do reside in South Florida with my uh, wife and children. I do have a satellite office in New York, and I'm in the process of setting up a satellite office in uh, Beverly Hills. Okay. All right, well, so for you listeners out there, we just covered, you know, a very vast uh, range there in North America. So there's that. Now, the three main plastic surgery markets. Yeah, (laughs) right. And, you know, anyone can get anywhere, but you certainly have picked some key points where folks can get to and it isn't so difficult. Now, I was reading somewhere on your website. I mean, I've read a lot about you, so I can't put it all together exactly where it all comes from now out of my head, but... You do something in the way of, you know, accommodating, working with the patients. It's not just up to them to get stressed out and say, I want to go see him and he's not located next door to me. Oh, my gosh, you know, I got to get a plane flight or I don't even know if that's possible. Who'd pick me up or how would I get taken care of afterward? You, your staff involves yourself in some of that? Exactly. I'd say about 50% of my patients um, fly into Miami from from out of state, Um, and that's because uh, I've me as a plastic surgeon, you know, every plastic surgeon is good at certain things. Although we do everything, I kind of focus my my skill, um, which I've become very good at, with the the vase or liposuction, the body contouring, and the and the cellulite and fat transfer, as well as the facial rejuvenation, um, you know, facelift and eyes. So those are the the 
two things that I kind of focus on. You know, although I do breast surgery and I do tummy tucks, you know, the, the, the things that I kind of have begun to focus my practice on are, are those things, and those are the things I'm, I'm very good at. And, you know, people will search out different people who are good at certain things because obviously, you know, like I said, you know, it just happens that I just became, you know, uh, my insight into that, and maybe it's my Italian background, you know, with with sculptors such as, you know, Michelangelo sculpting the, the David, just being able to form the body and looking at it in a three-dimensional uh, a view and being able to create shape and, and contour and definition in, in somebody who doesn't have it. You know, it, it's become an artistic talent, um, and it's become, you know, a, a driving point in, in my practice, and, you know, People search out certain certain doctors who do certain things better. So, like I said, you know, about fifty percent of my patients fly in. Um, you know, the staff is adept at you know arranging for you know hotel accommodations. You know, we have a list of uh, hotels that we have corporate rates with. Um, you know, depending on, on the different price range. You know, which airport to fly into. You know, extraneous things that you can do in the area. So, you know, there's a whole host of of things that we can set up uh, for the patient to make their life easier. That's huge. I mean, that's just absolutely huge. I know if I was listening to a show, and I always put myself in the listeners. Um, I mean, I, I am a listener in the world, so I'm one of those listeners. I just happen to be talking right now. But, but I'm always, um, you know, kind of empathetically thinking, well, if they really wanted to get to you or how difficult some of those logistics can be. And certainly, if you're going to do any kind of body plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery, you know, that, that's stressful enough. You're talking to your family, you're talking to your friends, you're figuring out your budget. I mean, there's a lot to do. So when you start to think about traveling and airports and aftercare and who, can anyone help you, it becomes, I think, really huge that you have taken that into consideration and really created something that just augments even further the kind of care that you take of your patients. And what about aftercare? Are, do you play a role in that still, or should they go back to the hotel and just rest, or is there something that happens with the folks that you work on? Yeah, it depends on the operation. Certain operations, I will uh, keep everybody overnight in my office, and the nurse will, will spend the night there so that we can monitor them. That's typically, you know, patients who are having facelift surgeries, and, you know, one of the, the big risks of that is bleeding within the first 24 hours, and a lot of that's due to pain control and to, you know, a lot of these people are older, so they have issues with their blood pressure, and their, their blood pressure getting out of control, so we can kind of control that setting while things are healing. Um, you know, other people will go back to a uh, hotel. Some people come in by themselves, and we arrange for, you know, uh, a nurse or a nursing assistant to spend the first couple of days with them. So pretty much anything can be accommodated for. Yeah. Now, do you have art background? Is that something you loved in, in, in your past, or are you only, you know, really loving it more and more as you see your patients and clients in the artistic kind of window through your eye, or is that some training that you have? You know, it, it's training that I didn't have. I will always appreciated art. Um, you know, my parents were travel agents, so I was fortunate enough to have traveled around the world, you know, when I was younger to experience different cultures and, and different things. So I always had that in my background, but, um, you know, I appreciate it more now as I, I progress through my, my level of expertise and, you know, seeing how artistic certain operations can be. Like I said, liposuction, you know, people think that it's, it's such an easy operation. Um, you know, you're just going in there, you're using a cannula to take fat out of an area, but, you know, you really are 
creating something and you're creating a curve and people want that hourglass shape and they want that, that you know, S-curve or they want that abdominal six-pack, you know, to be etched out a little bit better so that they look more athletic. And, you know, these are things that we can accomplish nowadays. And we use the tech, you know, some of the tech, technological advancements that we've had in, in the field. You know, I use the VASER. The VASER is an ultrasound-assisted liposuction. It shoots a sound wave, so it actually helps to break up the fat cells and cavitate them, which allows me to do a better job of sculpting and shaping. You know, we're able to work in all planes. You know, the fat's divided into three different planes. There's the deep plane of fat, there's the intermediate and the superficial. And to really be able to work in all three of those planes to... to create contour and I have bent cannulas to go around curves so you know it, it's to the point where I've, I've taken it into you know I'm like an artist with my tools and I'm, right. I'm, given, a, I'm, I'm given a block of marble and, and I have to create you know a figure out of it that's just so great I mean I you know I'm I'm all for it I'll just I'll just say that I I absolutely think there are people who go too far there's people who go too far in everything in life absolutely. so you know we could talk about uh, people's you know compulsions and people's addictions and I mean everyone's got their stuff and we all have our skeletons so that's you know neither here nor there but I'm a big believer if you can make yourself whatever it is that would make you feel happy or full or increase your self-esteem back to a place it was, I just don't think it's for other people to judge. I mean, I, that's my biggest, if I judge anything in the world, it's people who judge people. I just, um, I think if you haven't walked a mile in someone's shoes, you really can't say, and my biggest famous Lindsayism is, I doubt they're going to lend you their shoes. So you're, you know, it's not for others to point out. I bet that was done. I bet that was done. Um, what, what's, your, what's your feeling just in your industry? Do you feel like you see a lot of stigma or or it's just not you're sort of sheltered from it because you're the one who's improving and making the people happy? You know, I think plastic surgery over the last 10 to 15 years has filtered from, you know, typically it was done more in the, the upper ends of society to now it's, it's accepted through every class and socioeconomic group. Um, you know, I operate on everybody. Some of them are, are the super affluent. Some of them are just, you know, regular people working a job, you know, doing nine to five and, and, you know, they just want to look better and feel better about themselves. You know, it's a very personal decision and there is, you know, several different reasons why people want to undergo plastic surgery. But, um, you know, some people work out all the time. They have just areas of fat that they just can't get rid of no matter how low percentage of body fat they are. And that bothers them. You know, we can take care of that. You know, as you age, you've had multiple children, you know, your breasts start sagging, you know, they're, they're falling out of the bra or, or people's breasts are too large, causing back pain, causing neck pain. You know, there, there's so many different reasons why people want to undergo the aesthetic aspect of, of plastic surgery. But in the end, I think it's all about, you know, they want to improve their self-image. You know, right. Obviously, some people, some people go too far. Some people have this, you know, uh, they just don't want to age and, you know, they want to have a facelift every year when there's just the, the tiniest little bit of, of laxity of the skin. And, you know, those are the people that you have to, to watch out for and, and learn to, to, you know, see beforehand and just, you know, tell them that you're not the doctor for them. And I have no problem telling that to people. Yeah. So some of what you do is, is coaching because you make that sort of simple. You're not the doctor for them. But that, you know, that's, it's a very interpersonal relationship where someone is sitting down and telling you all the things they want and you're thinking this just isn't necessary or it's not time or it's too soon after the last one. But you end up, you know, playing a role in some of the coaching and advising of what is the best way. And, of course, Absolutely. breaking. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, 
my interaction with patients over the, my last 10 years in practice is, is kind of what led me into to wanting to write, you know, a book on nutrition and wellness because, like I said, you know, me doing a lot of, of body contouring and liposuction, you know, I have people that come into my office who are extremely overweight and, and want me to fix them, and then I, I, you know, have to stop their thought process that, you know, surgery is not the answer for them and, you know, go into, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to, to have a, a proper diet. You need to lose weight. You know, where you are is, is not healthy. You know, you're at a high risk of diabetes. You're at a high risk of high blood pressure um, being at the weight that you are. And, you know, all of people argue with me in, in, in the office saying that, you know, my doctor says I'm healthy even though I'm 240 pounds. And, you know, I, I'll just tell them, listen, you know, your doctor's lying to you. You may be, you know, 30 years old and 240 pounds, but that's not a healthy weight. And, right. You know, just because you don't have a medical issue now doesn't mean that your risk for a medical issue in the near future is significantly great. You know, I always use the analogy that, you know, your heart is like a, a car engine. And, you know, a car engine, depending on which car that you buy, is meant to pull a certain load. So if you buy a truck that's meant to pull three tons and you're constantly pulling five tons all the time, what happens? The engine's no, going to die a lot sooner. Same thing with your heart. Your heart is meant to pump through a certain body mass index. And if it has to pump more, it's not going to last this long. You're going to have more issues with hardening of the arteries, more issues with high blood pressure. You know, there are millions of, of, you know, research statistics that show that, you know, people who are obese don't have as long of a life expectancy as people who are thinner. And, you know, these are things that we need to address. You know, plastic surgery has become more of a lifestyle to me than just a surgical aspect of things. You know, there's so many things that we can in, incorporate, you know, holistically, nutritionally wellness aspects to, to make your life better. Why be beautiful on the outside if you're not beautiful from the inside? Right. This is one of the things that really drew me to you. I mean, I certainly, you know, was, um, you know, I had information and could certainly see what you did as a general practice, but I know when we talked for sure um, I was really drawn into the uniqueness of who you were, and and I think that I mean writing a book is is super powerful because that's great because people who respect you and find out your credibility and credentials um, can really appreciate that book. But just more importantly to me was just you know a lot. I mean you know a lot about nutrition. You really care about this. This is something you're very passionate about, isn't it? I mean it's something you you practice in your daily life. You think about it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, I have three children. I want to live long for my wife and for my children. I want my, my children to go through the world and, you know, have the lowest ability of, of contracting any disease. And, you know, I think a lot of the issues that we have nowadays are from, you know, the toxins and the, the processed foods that are out there. And there needs to be a, a, a bigger push. And, you know, unfortunately, that push is not going to come from the government because, the government's in bed with half of these these corporations that are making all of these, you know, unhealthy drinks and sodas and foods and cereals. I mean, you know, Coca-Cola is a billion-dollar-a-year industry. I mean, there's absolutely zero nutritional value in, in one can of Coca-Cola. No one's going to say that. You know, these pharmaceutical companies spend lots of money with lobbyists and, you know, to protect their own, own interests. But, you know, how much damage has, you know, Coca-Cola done, you know, increasing the risk of diabetes, you know, you know, messing up people's insulin resistance. You know, the sugar leads to damaging of, of the heart vessels over time. I mean, there was one lady who came in, I'll tell you a story. This one lady came in with her, her, her daughter, 
and you know the daughter was about twenty, the mother was about forty five and you know she was she went at liposuction, she was like two hundred and seventy pounds. I told her this is not you know the answer, and she's like, "Oh well, you know I, I eat healthy, I've been gaining weight, I've gained thirty pounds in the last couple of months, and then I saw that you know she was drinking a coca cola, so I asked her, you know how many cans of coca cola do you drink a day?" She's like two cases oh, no. so i I quickly you know pulled out my phone, pulled up no. the calculator. You know, calculated the, you know, the calories on the back of the can versus, you know, two cases. And people always lie. So when people say two cases, you know, it's really three. When people say they only smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, it's always like a pack and a half. You know, this lady was consuming 3,500 calories a day just in soda. That's a pound a day. So no wonder why she's gaining weight. But, you know, no one's actually sat down and, and, you know, decided to have a conversation with her or, or her medical doctor because, you know, unfortunately in, in medicine these days that, you know, the reimbursements for insurance are so low that, you know, going to your, your primary internist is, is like going to the cattle rustler. You know, they want to get you in, they want to get you out as quickly as possible. You right. know, they're, they're trained to treat a disease with certain pills, but they're not going to spend the time to, to, you know, see why and what is, is leading up to this. So, you know, if someone would sat down and be like, listen, you know, these are the things that you need to do. How about the first step, just substituting water for soda? You'll probably start losing weight right away. Right. Right. You know, and just, you try- just with one change. Yeah. Yeah, it can. It can be just one change. It's so huge. And I remember you telling me um, about whole wheat because I know um, – I know of someone recently who was told by someone else, you know, that wheat, you know, wheat is what you do. What are you doing with white flour and anything white and anything? So this person switched over to everything, you know, wheat-ish and, um, and didn't like it, but did it because they were being influenced. And, and you were giving me information that that's not necessarily the healthiest. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, I mean, it, it's although everyone's pushing whole wheat, if you look at the, the data out there, if you take the average whole wheat bread in the food store, one, I mean, wheat still has gluten in it. Most people are, are intolerant to gluten, may not be a complete allergy, but are intolerant to it, and it creates a lot of inflammation in the body. But the way that the wheat has been so genetically modified and grown over the years so that it, it's a very successful, low-disease crop and very high profitability, the, the you know, genetic makeup of the wheat has amylopectin P in it, and that will actually raise, you know, two um, pieces of whole wheat bread will actually raise your blood sugar more than two tablespoons of sugar. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not funny, but it's just like these shocks that, you know, we just, we decide to believe in a certain thing, and, and that's it, and we just walk down that road, and when you say something like that, it's just eye-opening. I mean, to, and you, that's what I liked about you. You had actual, like, statistics, and you, you knew this equals that, and that's going to be to your detriment for those reasons. And it, well, you weren't just saying, you know, be aware of your nutri- nutrition, you know, keep your eye on that. I mean, you actually have input and feedback, and that's why I say you have that, those coaching capabilities, too, to really understand the health and wellness of your clients along with the things they'd like to, you know, have done to look a certain way. That yeah. all matters to you. That's just the way that it has to be. You know, like I said, it's it's a lifestyle. You you have to you know view your body. You know that's that's your your everything. You know you're the car. You take your car in. You know every couple thousand miles to change the oil. 
bringing it once a year or every certain amount of miles to, to check the engine, you clean the car on the outside, you get it waxed, they clean the inside. You know, most people spend more time and effort and, and money taking care of their car than they do taking care of themselves. Right. And, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. You know, we have to kind of switch around the thought process. And, you know, it, it's something that you have to be a part of. You know, no one's going to do it for you. I mean, you know, it, it's, you drive down the block. I mean, there's a McDonald's, there's a Wendy's, there's loads of unhealthy foods. These foods, unfortunately, tend to be cheap. So people who don't have a lot of money will, are, are drawn to them because you can get a full and satisfying meal. may have absolutely no nutritional value and be high in calories, but you're going to feel full for, yeah. for a, extremely cheap. You know, you go to Whole Foods and, and you're buying grass-fed organic meat, which has no pesticides and has a better fat content and you know, has more protein than, than regular hormone-induced meat. You know, it's it's more expensive. Fruits and vegetables are more expensive than buying processed foods. And, you know, unfortunately, these processed foods, you know, when you're eating sugar, sugar goes through the same biomechanical pathways in the brain as does heroin and cocaine. You know, it's highly addicting. And, you know, unfortunately, you get caught up in it as as a child. And, you know, I mean, I remember we drank soda as, as a child, but my parents didn't know better. Now we know better. You know, right. we, we know this is, you know, 40 years difference. So it's like my children don't, don't drink soda, but there's still a lot of their friends when, you know, we'll go out to, to a restaurant to eat, their children will, will drink soda. And I mean, that's, that's, there's just no reason for that. I mean, you know, the world's becoming educated. Right. Right. You know, time flies. It's so fast. It's, I can't even tell you all the things I have, all these notes of what I want to ask you, but I, I have to do some logistics that I do at the end of the show. So I just have to tell you, I am so glad you were on today. I love this show. I would very much consider having you on again if you're interested, but thank you so Absolutely. much. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I know you are super busy, so thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. So I want to just recap. Um, I want to give you again, LaGrassoMD.com. Please go visit that website. It's really worth your while to do so. And be a follower on LaGrassoMD, all one word. We talked about today, where does beauty come from? And we also put that out on the Facebook thread. So there's a lot of answers there to take a look at that are interesting. Is it from living healthy? Is it your other's perception of you? We've discussed nutrition and how living well is a big part of how beauty can be sustained. And surgical procedures are an option also for many reasons. So Dr. Jeffrey LaGrasso is just stellar in his field. Here's my Lindsay Life secret. Beauty is total perspective. To be healthy is to believe you are beautiful inside and out. This is a choice you make for yourself. Absolutely get that a certain or uh, second or third opinion. I mean, that's always good if it's a surgical thing. But you deserve the utmost self-esteem and beauty is part of that. Sometimes that's how we look. Sometimes it's how we feel deep within. Don't piecemeal your beauty. Choose all the pieces to invest in and truly love yourself. Only you know what that means, but make the person you want to be the person that you are. That's your choice. I want to tell you to continue to email if you'd like to, lindsay, L-I-N-Z-I, 244, at sbcglobal.net. We can talk about anything there, too. And if you didn't want to uh, go public, you can certainly write me at my private email. It's confidential. You guys are busy. 
You're, you have busy lives. You have a lot on your plates, and you choose this show. And I always say when you get on Voice America, you have a lot to choose just there. So the fact that you are choosing Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, is something that I offer tremendous gratitude for, and I will always appreciate you for it. And so thank you so very much. Next week, tune in June 4th, Dan Cunningham, MBA, personal franchise owner of Paget Business Systems. He'll discuss the choice of why he chose a franchise instead of standard corporate model and how his life has changed with the freedom that he now has. Thanks so much. It's been a great show. Thanks, Dr. LaGrasso. And we will hope that you tune in next week. Hope the show was valuable today. Thanks. Have a great week. for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. 